everyone. Welcome to Parkview On The Go. My name is Dan. I'm the online campus pastor here. And if we haven't had a chance to connect, I hope you'll reach out sometime by just shooting me an email at online at parkviewchurch.com. Hey, when the coronavirus pandemic started, Pastor Tim encouraged us to find ways to be the healing in our neighborhoods and communities. Then, just last week, I challenged us to be a church of burden carriers. Well, I hope you've had opportunities to do both of those things in some way over the last few days. I hope you've had a chance to have a conversation with someone who doesn't look like you, to listen to a perspective that's different than your own, and to learn from someone else's experience. Let's make a regular habit of that. And as we do, it'll give us new important opportunities to keep showing the love of Christ to one another in real and tangible ways. Well, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Regardless of where you are or what you happen to be doing, we're excited that now you can take Parkview wherever you go and listen whenever it's convenient for you. In addition to this podcast, we want to encourage you to check out one of our others called On The Spot. It's hosted by a couple of our pastors, and they're going to keep pushing out interviews with other people that we just think you'll find interesting. We hope it's just another way that you can stay connected to the Parkview experience. We also want you to remember that Parkview is so much more than just a podcast. We're one church with multiple experiences at home, on the go, and at some point in the future again, in person. Head over to parkviewchurch.com to learn more about what God's doing here and to take a next step with us. Thanks again for joining us today. It's week two of our series, Prayers God Always Says Yes To. Enjoy the rest of the experience. Hey, welcome, especially if you have a group gathered at your home and you're doing at home together. We are so proud of you. You are a pastor now. You can call your husband or wife, Pastor Joe, Pastor Betty for the rest of the day. You good with that? Um, We're doing this series called Prayers God Always Says Yes To. Let me just ask you this way to start. Would you, generally speaking, in response to a request, prefer a yes or a no? Will you marry me? Can I get a raise? Is it safe to go outside? Do you have any toilet paper? We all prefer a yes, right? But, but have you ever prayed and gotten a no uh, or maybe just not heard anything at all? Sure, we all have. So how do we pray in a way that we know we'll get a yes from God? Well, think of it this way. If you're a parent, you prefer to say yes. Why do you say no? Well, it's because your kid is asking for something that's not in their best interest. I mean, or you're in a bad mood because you're homeschooling in coronavirus, but God is never in a bad mood. God is a good, good father, and his natural inclination is to say yes. We just need to know what to ask for, okay? In the Bible, there are dozens of promises that God says yes to. Here's a classic example, okay? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, here's the problem. We read that verse, and we want to read it this way. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Like, that part's not important, but that part is, right? But here's how God wants us to read it. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. A little bit different emphasis. You see that? 
And here's the principle. Parents want their kids to be healthy. Bosses want their workers to be productive. Coaches want their athletes to win. So when a child or an athlete or an employee asks for what they need for success, the answer is always yes. When we ask God for what we need for our spiritual success, especially when we're on mission like we've been talking about around here, the answer is always yes. So last week we talked about the Holy Spirit. Today, let's talk about another big one, wisdom. Do you need some? Let's do a little test, okay? If you're in your home, if you're driving, please ignore this. I don't want you to do this right now. Shouldn't be watching while you're driving. If you're in your home and you want to go to Wisconsin, everybody in your group, in your home right now, point to Wisconsin, okay? Which way should you go, all right? If you want to make fun of people that are wrong, that's fine because we're all Christians here, okay? How about Indiana? Do you know which way to Indiana? Okay, you're probably going to get this now. Iowa, you're right. That's the other way. And then there's only one other way. We'll go St. Louis. Okay, how about that? So, so if, if you're one of our many Florida listeners, the beauty is everything's the same, right? It's all up. Or if you're in Canada, it's all down. If you're in Australia, nobody really knows. So point wherever you want, okay? I mean, you're gonna, you, 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 you just figure it out, okay? Here's what I want you to understand. If you're watching in Chicago and you want to go to Florida, you can load up on the sunscreen and the shorts and get the minivan all ready to go and get on 294 and go north and you will never get to Florida. You just won't. I don't care how well you packed for it. I don't care your intent or your plans or you told your friends or your family or you had a little prayer before you pulled out of the driveway. It don't matter. If you get on 294 and go north, you will never get to Florida, okay? You just understand that. And a lot, here's what I'm saying. A lot of times I talk to people and there's this huge disconnect between what they wanted out of life and where they ended up. And sometimes it wasn't their fault, but sometimes it was. And when, when, when I listen to them tell their story, they, they tell their story and, and they're so brokenhearted over where they ended up. And I'm thinking, well, what did you expect? I mean, your dream was to get to Florida, but you went north. And sometimes those people are even mad at God because they ended up in Wisconsin. I mean, we're all mad at God when that happens. Go Bears. But here's the question. Why don't you just ask for help? Listen to this. James says it this way. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Why don't we ask for wisdom more? Well, I think it's because most people don't recognize their own lack of wisdom. I mean, think about it. At what age did your children think they knew better than you what was good for them? 16, two, right? At what point did you think you knew more than your parents? I mean, I'll be honest, most of my life I had no clue that I had no wisdom. And here's what my friend Mark Moore says. He says, you can't know what you don't know, but you can know that you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> right? Am I right? This is good. You can't know what you don't know, but you can know that you don't know what you don't know, okay? When I was a little kid, it made no sense to me that my parents wouldn't let me stay up late, okay? I knew more than my parents because I didn't know what I didn't know. When I was in college, I was pretty sure that I could teach classes better than some of my professors because you can't know what you don't know. 
In my first job, I thought I knew better than my boss how to do my job. And by the way, it was in Baskin Robbins. And it was Baskin Robbins before they merged with Dunkin' Donuts. So they didn't even have coffee. And that was dumb. And see, I did know better than my boss. But that's beside the point. You can't know what you don't know. When did this crazy thinking start? Where we thought we had more wisdom than we really do. Well, it started all the way back in the beginning. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. This, this prayer for wisdom really goes back to the garden and the curse we put on ourselves by trying to replace God. That's what Eve did. So in the Bible, the opposite of Eve would have been Solomon, who was the wisest man in the world. Um, he knew he didn't know what he didn't know. When Solomon succeeded his father, David, he was probably about 19 years old. And, and God offered him a blank check in prayer. I mean, like that never happened before. And it's probably not going to happen to you or me. He just said, look, Solomon, you ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And here's what Solomon, again, amazing as a 19 or 20 year old, because I thought I knew everything at that point. He said, he said this, he said, give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and to come in before this people for who can govern this people of yours, which is so great. And God's answer was yes. And with that wisdom, Solomon not only led Israel to the greatest heights politically and economically, he left his wisdom in the pages of scripture. Like for example, the book of Proverbs. It is the wisest man in the world pleading with his son, saying things like, do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you, love her, and she will watch over you. That's how important it is. So here's the question. Here's the question. Where do I need wisdom now? Which area is hardest for you to admit that you need help? When's the last time you asked for counsel in this area? Again, wisdom begins by knowing that you don't know what you don't know and asking for help. So where do I need wisdom the most? Is it parenting? I mean, it's not easy, is it? Is it your marriage? Anybody married? You need some wisdom, maybe a little bit extra through uh, you know, the lockdown things that have gone on? Is it priorities? Is it hard for you to say no like it is for me? Uh, is it your career? Uh, when to take a different job? Is it social media? It, you know, is it time management? Is it self-control like diet and exercise and debt and all those things? Listen, God has already given you the resources, okay? Resource number one is scripture. As Siri is for knowledge, scripture is for wisdom. There's a great Bible passage in Matthew 7 where Jesus talks about building your house on the rock and not building your house on the sand. Listen to the message paraphrase of this, okay? Eugene Peterson did a paraphrase, and I love this. Here you go. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. And if you work these words into your life, you're like the smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock and rain poured down and the river flooded and a tornado hit it, but nothing moved that house because it was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like the stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. And when the storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. 
the scripture gives us the foundation. And this ancient wisdom has lasted because it works. And it works for you if you're a pre-Christian or a post-Christian or a Christian. It doesn't matter. The Ten Commandments are the foundation of the legal code of every developed country in the world. And so many people are hung up right now on, you know, whether the Bible is true or not. Why don't you ask, does it work first? I mean, if we all looked at the life of Jesus and tried to follow his example, it doesn't solve the coronavirus for us, I'll admit, but it does solve racism and a whole lot of other things. What's the barrier to scripture? Unfamiliarity, okay? Becoming familiar with the Bible is a lifelong quest. It has been for me, and, and it's amazing. However, gaining wisdom from the Bible is really easier than you think, okay? Um, it really is. I mean, every time I read the Bible, I learn something new, but it is easier to get into it now than it's ever before. Just to be clear, I have an earned doctorate in this stuff. I don't go by Dr. Harlow very often because it feels stuffy, but I actually did the work to get a doctorate in the Bible. But do you want to know something? I'm going to say something kind of crazy, but the Bible is like math to me now. I know you're like, whoa, PT, I thought you hated math. Well, hang on, let me explain. Once I discovered a calculator, I just didn't care about math anymore, okay? I had a little tool that gave me the answers, okay? Once I figured out that there's a calculator on my iPhone that can do pretty much all the math I need, that's all I need, okay? Well, guess what? <laughs> Even though I've read and studied the Bible all my life, do you know what I do when somebody emails me or asks me a question and says, hey, PT, what does the Bible say about you know, raising children or sexuality or debt or marriage or whatever? Please don't tell anybody this, but do you want to know the truth of what I do? I Google it. Dr. Harlow Googles it. I Google, well, what does the Bible say about whatever? And you can't trust everything you read on the internet. I know Bill Gates isn't going to send you $5,000, but if you read the first three or four of those results, they will give you a great amount of wisdom. And that's the easy part. However, knowing isn't enough. Okay. It's not enough to know. I know a lot of people that know. Let me ask you a quick question. Just be honest for a second because we're friends here, okay? Here's my question. How many of you know someone who is very, very smart who has made a very, very dumb decision? Hmm? How many of you is that you, okay? And how many times did you make the dumb decision because you didn't have enough information? Yeah, sometimes. But stupid decisions are usually not made on a lack of information. Many of you have spent money talking to a financial planner and they spent all this time on the computer and they gave you a little booklet and here's your financial plan and you paid for it and you put it in a folder or a drawer and you don't even know where it is and, and you're in credit card debt and you have no idea what's going on. You've ignored it. How many times have you been to the doctor and the doctor's like, okay, you need to do this and this and quit doing this and this and you're like, okay, I'm even going to write it down and then what happened? You went on vacation and it all went out the window, Right? I mean, this is what happens to us. I mean, you, you, you bought the equipment, you got the spandex clothes, you were ready to go, but then you went on vacation, it was all over. I mean, the Surgeon General has done a pretty good job of making us all aware of the dangers of smoking, yet people still do. I love this cartoon. I told you cigar smoking was bad for you. Information is not the problem, okay? 
So resources are scripture, but they're also action. It's also action. It's what you do with it, okay? Wisdom is not about the information. It's not even about having a good heart. It's about having the, it's about having the action and putting it into practice. That would, that's what Jesus said. If you hear these words of mine and put them into practice, Matthew says, wisdom is proved right by her deeds, Jesus says. Wisdom breeds wisdom. And the more you put it into practice, the more you know what is true, the more you will understand why it is true. Wisdom breeds wisdom. And this is true whether you sell real estate or fix cars or you're a fireman or a domestic engineer. You, the more you do with what you know, the more you know. And the more you know what you need to know more, right? It's the 10,000 hour principle. I mean, many business writers have written about this. You know, why was Michael Jordan so good? Because he played 10,000 hours of basketball. Why is somebody at such a level at this point in their life? 10,000 hours. So what's the barrier to action? It is, it is discipline, okay? You can know what you need to do all day long, but until you act on it, you're not wise. God can help you with discipline, but he can't make you disciplined. And you know the way, the best way, to overcome the barrier of discipline, it is the third resource for us. It is community. We have, we have scripture, we have action, and we have community, okay? Wisdom is communal. The gravitational pull for most of us is to find wisdom from within, and that was Eve's mistake, trying to be the source of her own wisdom, but that never works. Listen to Solomon. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice right? If you walk with wise people, their wisdom will seep into your life. Their sober judgment will improve your judgment. Their values will raise the bar on your values. Their convictions will help crystallize your convictions. If you walk with fools, it works the same way. Your friend's foolishness will seep into your life. Their lack of sober judgment will start to pollute your judgment. Their faulty moral compass will also start to head you off course, okay? I spoke to our graduates about this last week. I did a little baccalaureate service for them. And, and, and I said, listen, I, this is a weird graduation. I get it. Um, but you, one of the things I want you to understand is as you graduate from high school and go into the world, you may need some new friends in this new season. All right. It's, it's not about how many, you know, TikTok views they have, whether they're your friend or not. The question is, are they headed in the right direction? Are they going to be people that are going to help you in community or are they not? Listen again to Solomon. He who walks with the wise grows wise. He who's the companion of fools suffers harm. So what is the barrier? It, the barrier to community is isolation. <laughs> coronavirus. Ah, I, I know, I know, I know. We're getting back together, I promise you, okay? But this is why without humility and accountability, it's really hard to have wisdom in your life. So it all comes down to this one simple little prayer. God, could you please say yes, I know you will, to wisdom in my life. 
I've told you guys about my accountability partners, the Stinklings, and we're, we're in each other's stuff every day. You've got to be able to have those people around you. Maybe you're gathered today in your group or maybe even in your home right now in your little online service that you're doing. You're already, you're, you've already got a little thing here. Maybe spend some time after this is over and, and just have a conversation. Hey, you know what? I could use some wisdom here. I could use some wisdom here. Have a little prayer time and then go get your Dunkin' Donuts. Whatever it is that you got, the community is so important, and I'm so glad we're able to start doing it in person instead of through a screen. So here's what it looks like, okay? The resource is scripture. Barrier is unfamiliarity, which is dumb if we have Google. The resource is action, okay? And the barrier is discipline. And the best way to have that is through the resource of community, and the barrier to that is isolation, I'm going to give you one thing to do this week, actually this month, actually for the rest of your life. Just one thing. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. I don't know if you know this or not, but every month has up to 31 days. There's no month that has 32 days. So obviously Proverbs 31 isn't going to hit as often maybe as the other ones, you know, that are along the way. But I want to encourage you every day, Grab a couple of verses, and there are apps to help you do this. Uh, the, the Bible app would help you do this, whatever. Hey, what day is it? It's the 18th. Okay, I'm going to read a couple of verses out of Proverbs 18, because they're all just little tidbits of wisdom that you can incorporate into your life. Very, very simple way to bring wisdom in. And let me pray for us as we go. God, at my age, with my amount of of experience and time spent in your word, I feel dumber than I've ever felt in my life because I've never been through a pandemic before. And I'm just frustrated with the continuance of racism in our world. And, and we live in this crazy new place that none of us have ever been before. And that's on top, Lord, of the regular situations that are always going on in our lives. Someday I'd like to be a wise old man and I'm going to be as best I can as humble person under you. I'm gonna keep studying your scripture, but I'm gonna keep applying your scripture and I'm gonna stay in community so that I can be the best thing that you want me to be. Be with us as we do this. Give us your spirit. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Hey, next week is Father's Day. Um, I hope you'll invite some people over. Maybe there's a chance for you to get dad to come. We're going to do the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, can't wait for you to be back. Thanks for being here. Thanks again for joining us today, everyone. Well, if you haven't gotten it on your calendar yet, Father's Day is coming up. It's time to make a card, put that Amazon order in, and then get the grill ready to celebrate the dads and the other father figures in our lives. We have a special service in store for you, so make sure to join us for the next Parkview On The Go experience that'll release on Saturday, June 20th. Now, before we go, I just wanted to remind you again to find some time to visit parkviewchurch.com to learn more about us and then to take a next step. 
Now to him who's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his glorious throne with great joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power now and forever. Have a great week, everyone.